Amen. Thank you, family. Miss Heidi, appreciate that. Matthew chapter 28. If you grab your Bibles, join me there. Matthew chapter 28. This is an evening I have been looking forward to ever since August 11th, our anniversary Sunday, as we kick off and uh, our 2020 vision for 2020. And I, I know even when we mention August 11th, some of you are scratching your heads. How in the world are we kicking it off in September and still 2019? Well, here's kind of the reason behind it. Number one, uh, I think a couple months will help us get, get along in it. Number two, it's kind of hard to kick off visitation in January, okay? And uh, be nice to take advantage of a little bit of this fall weather and get out and go door to door and kind of get it going. Uh, we'll still continue in January in some different ways, but uh, this is just kind of give us a head start a little bit here in Michigan and uh, as we anticipate that. And so we're excited about it. And frankly, I just, I, I couldn't wait to get going on it too is another reason. So I'm excited for it. Hey, isn't it interesting? We talked about this morning how our enemy, the devil, he wants to thwart everything that's about the kingdom of God, about salvation. I find it hilarious and I find it interesting this week. Can I tell you, we've had more trouble here at Fostoria Baptist Church than we've had in a long time. We had phones go out. We had water heaters go out. We had air conditioning go out. That's a whole lot of going out, isn't it? That's a whole lot of problem. We're still dealing with it. Still don't have things up and running, phones and things like that, air conditioning. have to come out, look at it tomorrow. We've got all kinds of things. Can I tell you, I honestly believe Satan wants to distract us from the most important thing. Winning souls and saying, okay, we are here in the thumb of Michigan, in Fostory, in the surrounding communities, really for one purpose, and that's to shine brightly for God. Now, I want to challenge you this evening. I really am. I'm a cheerleader tonight. I'm an encourager, a challenger, all across it, confronter if you want to be that way. And uh, I, I want to really challenge you and encourage you about what we're talking about tonight. Here is, if, uh, boy, I, I do a way, I, I have a way of sometimes I know in my own mind I, I, I need to boil down to some things instead of just throwing out a tons of things. If I could say there's one statement behind this vision that I think is crucial for all of us to grab a hold of, and it may just, as the Lord leads, it may play right into our missions conference theme. Here it is. If I could encourage you, if I could say, okay, what, if you were to ask me, Pastor, what are you praying for every member of Fostoria Baptist Church through this vision? What are you hoping that it would accomplish in my life and the life of every member, the heart and the walk that they have with Christ? What would that be? I, I think this statement would sum it up, I think, and I chose a transition that's very slow. Um, it's this thought, compassionate commitment to the Great Commission compassionate commitment to the Great Commission. Okay, back on August 11th, we looked at Jude in, in verse 22 and verse 23, and of some have compassion making a difference. Uh, having compassion. I, Christ is the grand example, isn't he? Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. But when he saw the multitudes, and I love this statement, he was moved with compassion. Literally, he felt so much compassion on those he saw that it moved him. It caused him. What is movement? Well, that's action. That he was moved. Literally, his, his heart was stirred, and, and it moved him to action. And I would challenge you this evening, this movement, that this vision for FBC, uh, we want it to cause or be caused by our compassion. What do we want it to move us to? Well, the statement says it, doesn't it? We want that compassion, as we see the multitudes, we see those around us, to move us to commitment. What is commitment spiritually? Well, on a very basic level for us as Christians, that is simply found in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. That ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. That now I should not henceforth live unto myself, but live unto him who died for me. 
And my friend, can I just ask you one simple question, not to answer out loud, but if we had to ask this evening, why did Jesus Christ come to earth? I think very soon we come to a singular purpose that Jesus came to seek and to save those which were lost. Those which were lost. That was his goal. That was his purpose. That was his desire. Not that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And my friend, as Christians, you want to know what the Christian life really boiled down to? Living unto God. Living unto Him who died for us. Presenting our bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And I'm doing some study recently in our study on Romans. I, I'm excited about getting to Romans chapter 12. That'll be about 2023, 2024 um, that we'll get there. But I'm excited about because that word reasonable in the, in the Greek I love this. One of my favorite thoughts. It's logical. It literally means logical. It's, it's reasonable in our uh, common term, but it literally means logical. This is just logic. This is just when you reason it out. This is the logic or the logical follow up to what Christ has done. That we present our bodies a living sacrifice, and part of that is this: I, I don't live for myself. I'm not here to make a good living. I'm not here to get the most out of life. I am here to give life. I'm here to share Jesus Christ, who is the life. That's our goal. That's a commitment. So a compassionate commitment. And here in Romans, or Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 18, we see this grand or great commission, don't we? Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. The Great Commission. Compassionate commitment to the Great Commission. Do you have it? Do you have it? Would you say tonight as you walk in, you know what? I am passionate and compassionate on others, and I am committed to the Great Commission. May I challenge you tonight? I believe God would have us to be so. Day in and day out, when we walk this earth and this, uh, this soil, this turf, when we carry on in life here, God would have us to be that. Back on August 11th, as we anniversary Sunday, we talked about leaving what I termed burden-bearing footprints. The idea, if you remember, and I know that was some time ago, but we leave impressing footprints wherever we go in this journey called the Christian life, an impact. Then later on, I added this comment to it that we are endeavoring to touch lives. It may have been a Wednesday night or such, but the, the fact we are trying to touch as many lives as possible w- with the life that God gives us. If he gives us tomorrow, Monday, we ought to have as the goal to touch lives for Jesus Christ. And the point is, if my goal as a church, as an individual believer, is to touch more lives, well, in that goal, it isn't that I would leave an impression of myself, but that I would literally leave an impression of Jesus Christ. In every life I touch. And that's our desire. When Fostoria Baptist Church knocks on a door, I don't want them to remember Pastor Henry. I don't want them to remember one of us. I want them to remember Jesus Christ. As we talk to them, I, I, I don't want them to think, wow, those people at Fostoria Baptist Church sure are nice. That would be wonderful. I hope they do think that. But that's not my ultimate goal. My ultimate goal is for them to think, wow, there is a God that loves me. And he sent somebody to tell me about him. That's what we want. That's our desire. 
Um, we, if you remember too, let me just remind you of a few truths that I said were crucial. I think to remind us of these are, are crucial. Now, hey, children, listen, it's a Sunday night. I do have candy. My only request is that you listen up and that you participate. If you participate, there will be a point in this service that every single person will be asked to participate tonight. <gasps> Yeah, you will, okay? So don't be scared. But we're going to ask everybody to participate in just a moment. So kids, if you participate in that and you can have a piece of candy, there's a bucket of candy on the back table waiting for you. Not the whole bucket for you, okay? So you can grab a piece of candy. We'll have that back there. And listen to me. We reminded you or shared with you about four different truths back in August 11th as we talked about these burden-bearing footprints. The first one was this thought, and I think it's so ever true. It's in order to make disciples, you must live like a disciple. In order to make disciples, you must live like only a changed life can facilitate change in another. Uh, Satan knows this, and that's why he plants the tares that we talked about this morning. You realize that hypocrites halter or halt the work of God? They do. They, they affect it negatively. Uh, true followers, they further the work of God. So we need authentic, real believers. We need people who are committed from their heart outward. And literally, the fact is, we make, must make sure that you and I are living right. We're studying God's Word. We're walking with the Lord. We're growing closer day by day. It is not an attainment of perfection. It is just the reality that I'm doing my best every day to walk with Him. Now, my friend, if you want to be that kind of soul winner, that kind of impact on souls, it takes commitment. I'm going to be a disciple personally. In order to make disciples, I must be a disciple. I must live like it. Number two, we made this statement. I think this is so crucial. Commitments not fueled by conviction are short-lived. Commitments not fueled by conviction are short-lived. Well, let me ask you tonight, think on this for a moment. What are your convictions tonight concerning the lost? What are your convictions concerning the lost? And what are your convictions concerning the Word of God? If you have convictions in line with the Scriptures, yea, Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 and 19, verses that tell us that God's Word will not return void, that God's Word is powerful, that it can cut apart the, the, the most deceptive and wicked heart, that it can help us be a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. If we truly have those as convictions, then the fact is this, our commitment will not waver. It will not fizzle out. It will not that for a couple months that you and I buy into this 2020 vision and then, boy, when things happen and life happens and we get busy and, and things come up and, and maybe the return isn't there like we had hoped it would be, it will fizzle out. But I'll tell you, my friend, if you hold the conviction that there are lost out there that need to know Jesus Christ and that you and I are left here on earth to share the gospel with them, our commitment won't fizzle out. We won't stop. We won't give up. There may be persecution, there may be oppression, there may be people who slam the door in our face, there may be people who give us mean phone calls here at the church. It will not matter. The fact is we will keep on keeping on. We will stay committed. But it has to be rooted in conviction. Strongly held convictions concerning the lost and God's Word. It requires commitment, it requires conviction. Number three, we talked about this, and I, again, another crucial statement. Endeavors without investment are merely passing interests. Endeavors without investment are merely passing interests. Do not say that you care about souls, but then turn around and do absolutely nothing. 
Do not tell me that you claim or do not claim that you love people, but then fail to enlist to reach them with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ. You must invest, Christian. And if I could quote Romans chapter 12, verse 1, you should sacrifice. You should sacrifice. Well, Pastor Henry, I've, I, I, there are only certain times I have only so much time in the week to do things. Great, fantastic. Sacrifice something of this earth for heavenly things. Sacrifice something of this earth that is temporal, that will not matter for things that are heavenly. And my friend, one of the things that will remain for eternity are souls. Souls. So sacrifice something. Sacrifice your time. Sacrifice something, a hobby that you hold dear. Something that you value. Sacrifice for God. Seat you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Living sacrifice. Invest. Some level, some way, invest. If you don't, this vision will merely be a passing interest. It literally requires sacrifice. It requires commitment. It requires conviction. It requires sacrifice. And then the kind of the summation of our message there on August 11th, the heaviest footprints and greatest impact are made by the ones that carry the greatest burdens. Heaviest footprints, greatest impact are made by those who carry the greatest burdens. Have you prayed since August 11th for a burden for the lost? Is there a neighbor? Is there a, is there a family member? Is there someone? You said, Father, burden my heart so that I will remember them in prayer, so that I will seize every opportunity to witness to them, that I will take every chance that I get, every occurrence, a divine appointment, that I would seize that and jump on it and present the gospel to them. Have you asked God to enlarge your burden for lost ones? As we talked about that August 11, lost one, led astray ones, lecherous ones. Have you prayed for God to enlarge your burden for each of those? Our desire through this vision is for God's glory to be grown. For him to gain the glory. For us to enlarge our footprint and impact of FBC in this community together as soldiers of Jesus Christ. For the glory of our captain. I think it requires very much what we've studied in Romans chapter 9, a Paul-like compassion for our countrymen. For Michiganders, for people all around us in our community, our co-workers and our family, to have a, a compassion like Paul had for his countrymen. So it requires commitment, it requires conviction, it requires sacrifice, and it requires compassion. Literally, this is our commission, the Great Commission. God has spoken, God has called us, and God has said, go. And so these truths have borne or given birth to the 2020 vision that will be our focus for the next year and three and a half months, and literally going well beyond that, beyond 2020. What is this 2020 version? Well, or 2020 vision, excuse me. We've talked about it already. It's pretty simple. We're praying for, we're looking for, we're going to work for, we're going to be burdened for 20 souls to be saved, for 20 believers to be discipled, and 20 disciples added to the church. From now, from this day forward, we're going to start keeping track. And in fact, you'll see in the back, we're going to put up a bulletin board. We're going to chart our progress as a church. So you can be well aware of what God is doing and the part that you're playing is achieving in what we're doing for the Lord. 
My friend, this is our goal. This is our vision. It's going to take a great effort. It's going to take, as we said then in that message, it's not going to take just the pastoral staff, not just a handful of members, but it's got to be a burden for every member. It's got to be an effort on the part of everyone. Everyone has a role. We're going to have a place and a role for the youngest to the oldest member. So tonight, we're going to join up. We're going to enlist. We're going to get excited, and we're going to ask God to burden our hearts for it. Now, there's three things that I ask for you to do. Okay, as a result of this message, in preparation and looking ahead to this vision, there's three things that I want to challenge you with that each one of us would do heading into this next year and a half. The first one is this, equip, equip. Very simple one-word statements here. Hey, a soldier without a weapon is useless. A workman without a tool is helpless. A believer without the words of truth is powerless. A believer without the words of truth is powerless. May I challenge you, in order to be effective ambassadors and soul winners, you and I must know God's Word. We must meditate on it, we must memorize it, we must study it, and we must be ready to share it. We must then also know how to employ God's Word and use it effectively for reaching souls, for the education of the new man, a saved person, discipling them, and then the growth of every member. When you and I become members of a local church, Vostoria Baptist Church, it is not that we have arrived, it is just another step in the growing process into the likeness of Jesus Christ. It's becoming more like Him. And so we need to study God's Word to see that achieved. In order to do that, we'll be having meetings, we'll be having classes, we'll be having different things throughout the next year designed with one simple goal, equipping you and I for the work of the the ministry, the work of seeing souls saved, believers discipled, and disciples thriving as church members. And yet, I think we need to start basic. We need to get in on the entry level, if we might put it this way. And this is where we all get involved. From the youngest to the oldest, this is participation time. Amen? Where does it start? It starts with this. You and I need to memorize God's Word. We need to know what God's Word says, and we need to commit it to our heart, hide it in our heart, so that we are ready to give an answer to anyone that asks the hope that lies within us. So we need to memorize it. So we're going to start instituting something. You and I are going to together each month be memorizing a Bible verse. One that is essential to sharing our faith. We'll start with an easy one. Tonight we're going to look at Titus chapter 3 and verse number 5. You probably all know it. Many of you might. And yet we want to memorize it together. Notice what it says. You probably already know it. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us. By the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. I mean, what a great verse, isn't it? Not by works of righteousness which we have done. There's no claim that we have before God, yet what does the cross of Calvary declare? It declares the mercy of God. He is merciful. And I love the rest of it. You know how someone's saved? It's not by the works of righteousness. You know what it is? The washing of regeneration. The Holy Spirit changing us, helping us through faith and trust in Christ, having a rebirth, a new man. The washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, kind of a a, a parallel statement. Uh, Renewing literally means renovation and a renewal. The idea that he has created a new man in us. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. 
Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That is the picture of this verse, okay? So every Sunday night, this is the verse for September, we're going to work together at memorizing and saying it together, all right? And uh, so you and I committing it to memory and saying, okay, that's an important verse. From young to old alike, this verse, okay? So let's say it together. We'll start with the reference, Titus 3.5, and then we'll say the verse together. Here we go. Ready? Titus 3.5, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Good. Let's have just the children. Teenagers on down. Here we go. Teenagers on down. Reference in the verse together. Titus 3, 5. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. May I tell you, Titus chapter 3 and verse 5 is a great testimony verse, isn't it? Hey, who, what, what, why do you think you're so great? Oh, I'm not great, but I'll tell you who is. There's a God in heaven who saved me by his mercy. Not by my works of righteousness, but according to his mercy, he saved us. All right, adults, here we go. Reference and verse together. Titus 3, 5. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. I want to challenge you this week. Maybe write down the reference, study it every day, try to say it. I'll tell you, if we do this every month, every Sunday night, um, I think we'll have it down don't you and i think we can commit it to memory several different verses a verse every month and i think this will be a fantastic thing pastor henry this is like children's sunday school oh my friend the greatest possession you and i have is the word of god and if you had a million dollars boy you'd hide it away my friend the bible tells you and i to hide god's word in our heart and so that's what we're going to do together why because we want to be equipped We want to be a light that shines brightly. And God forbid the day comes in America where our Bibles are taken away. Can I tell you, having God's Word hidden in your heart will be the dearest thing that you still own. The words of God Himself. This is our verse. We'll review it together as I said. Each one of us needs to be willing to be equipped and to do our part in equipping ourselves. Again, we'll have meetings, we'll have classes, we'll have different groups meeting and uh, equipping ourselves. But this is really where our commitment will be tested. Committing to memorizing, committing to hiding God's Word in our life. Now, this is the second aspect of it. Not only equip, not only say, okay, if I'm going to commit to the Great Commission, I need to have the tools. I need to be ready and be committed to it. Number two, enlist, as we've talked about already. I've already challenged you to be praying about where you enlist. Here's the statement, the, the, uh, the uh, maybe qualifier or the description. A job for every member and a member for every job. A job for every member and a member for every job. We all have a part to play. You and I must join the ranks. We must enter the battlefield for souls. As I shared with you last time or uh, back in August 11, there are several groups that will fit into our vision organizational plan. And I want to challenge you to join at least one. In fact, we have sign-ups in the back foyer there on the table. We just want to be aware. We want you to join one of these groups or more than one and enlist. You can do it as a family. You can do it as a couple. You can do it as individual. Teenagers will be filling in on teen uh, visit on Saturday mornings, different aspects of it, and things like that. But I'd encourage you, sign up, get involved, enlist. What are the groups? Well, first of all, as we mentioned before, we're going to have a group named the Prayer Platoon. Prayer Platoon. This is an easy one. 
This is a committed prayer warriors praying for people daily by name for their salvation, their discipleship, and their membership. As we said on, on that Sunday, all can be a part of the group. I remember this last prayer meeting, and uh, I enjoy our men's prayer meeting. Our young men come along with us and, uh, because I have little ones. Sometimes I get blessed to pray with some of our junior age upper elementary boys. And I'll tell you, as we are praying, I remember us going down the list, and I remember several of these young men, they prayed something to this effect. As they, we went around the little circle there, and they prayed. They prayed something like this. God, please help so-and-so to get saved. Now, I'll tell you, my friend, you know what they've already done? They've already enlisted. A young person, fifth grade, fourth grade, sixth grade, whatever it may be, seventh grade, they've already enlisted and said, you know what? One of the greatest parts of fulfilling the Great Commission is we ought to pray for people. Souls to be saved, for them to be disciple, for them to follow God's plan of joining a local church. That's his plan. I appreciate that so much and those young men doing that. But we're, in a sense, going to make it even bigger, blow it up. Over the next several weeks, we're going to organize and assemble what we call the Prayer uh, Platoon Bulletin. And this will have an updated, ongoing, reoccurring little bulletin in which we have the names or description of people because we want to be discerning. We don't want to, if someone were to get their hands on it, if, if you're afraid they'd be offended, then you can just put neighbor of, friend of, coworker, your name, and so forth. But it will have a list in that bulletin, and we'll keep it updated for people that we are specifically praying for, that God has burdened our hearts for. We'll have a, a way for you to submit a name to put on that prayer platoon bulletin and uh, we're going to commit every day. If you sign up for the prayer platoon, every day you'll say, listen, I'm going to have a burden to pray every day. I'm not going to let anything get in the way, and I'm going to commit myself that I'm going to pray for these and take these names before the Lord. And man, what a delight that will be to think that there may be 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 people doing it every single day. Praying for these names, your neighbor, your coworker. The door that we knocked on, the family that we've come across, that we've crossed paths with, taking them before the Lord, committing to compassionately praying. Would you do that? Would you sign up there? The second group, we've mentioned it already too, it is what we would call the recruitment regiment. These will be the folks who are going door to door, introducing FBC and giving a very simple community survey. It'll probably be around like three questions as we organize it and assemble that strategy and that survey. It'll be very basic, very simple, just to get the conversation started, just to find out a little bit about those people. And the idea is that this regiment will go out on Thursdays and Saturdays and even other days. We'll systematically hit our neighborhoods and our community, one street, one house, and one town at a time. And at all the same time, we'll be making recommendations or taking recommendations from members. If you have, hey, this is a new move. This is somebody that I like for uh, this recruitment regiment to go visit. You give us that, the follow-up from uh, Vacation Bible School, Family Fun Fair, the, the Wild Game Dinner, people who maybe visit here just once. We'll submit it to the recruitment regiment, and they'll go out and do a follow-up. As we said before, it'll last beyond 2020. It'll be our primary means of initial contact. It is the idea that you and I have met. Have you met people like this? I know I have. Whether knocking on their door or maybe sharing a track somewhere or talking to them. Hey, do you know where Fostoria is? No. Well, do you know where Fostoria Baptist Church is? If they do know where Fostoria is. And no, where is that? It's just us making initial contact with them. 
and just kind of like then from that those who are positive and uh, maybe a positive feedback and a sense you know what they they could have a follow-up for our next group to go share the gospel it's kind of a gradual step-by-step presenting and winning souls in this way, leading to discipleship and eventually membership. One of the things with this initial context, and I just want to encourage you, I mentioned it from the pulpit before, and reality is this, part of our live streaming is getting that digital door or foot in the door. And so we want to really push that even through the recruitment regimen to say, hey, check us out online, the website and Facebook, and, and watch a service. Go back and watch some of the ones that are still there and have been recorded in things to get a taste and just help them to be um, uh, maybe exposed to Fostoria Baptist Church. If I could re- describe the recruitment regiment, they're canvassers. They're canvassing the neighborhood in the area. It's the initial first good impression for our church to our community. Could it, w- will you enlist there? Will you join the recruitment regiment? You say, you know what? I can give up some time, and we'll have like captains and people who are leading each group, and they'll pair you up and do whatever the case may be. Or if you're a family, they'll give you some uh, houses to go to, a street to go to. We'll have a report for you to fill out and return. And so we'll be able to, but would you be willing to do that? Would you be willing to say, you know what? I can go knock on a door, and I can say, hey, how are you? Hey, my name is so-and-so. I'm from Fostoria Baptist Church, and I just have a, three, a simple three-question survey. Could, could I ask you just these three simple questions? And through that, you introduce them to Fostoria Baptist Church. And certainly, if the Spirit leads and He would have you to share the gospel, then we're not opposed to it. We're all for it. But at the very least, if we could just say, you know what? They are open to another visit. Then we can pass it on to this next group. This next group is what we call the Soul Winner Squad. They're going to follow up the positive responses to the survey to leads of those who are ready to hear the gospel, and they're open to it. And maybe uh, part of that, the last meeting, you say, hey, would you like to find out more of Fostoria Baptist Church? They say, yes, I would. Boy, that's a good prospect for the Soul Winner Squad, that we can follow up with it and send them to do it. These will be visits where our sole goal is to present Jesus Christ. Now listen to me, and listen to me very carefully. I do not want people who get saved but don't know that they're saved. I don't believe in an ABC, repeat after me, salvation. We want people to know exactly what they do, why they do it, why they need to do it, and what Jesus Christ did for them. We don't want them to to question it later. We don't want them to doubt it. We want them to be settled in it. So that's going to be part of our goal, to take our time and share the gospel. Yay, in one visit, it may be one or two visits to the same house, the same people, to open up the Scriptures, share with them the entirety of the gospel, their need for Jesus Christ, and to see them come to put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. These are those that are on the radar for potential salvation. They'll be assigned by address, and the fact is this, we'll be praying, they'll be preceded with much prayer. This squad will have meetings, equipping meetings, which we will see scripturally how to present the gospel in many different scenarios, and then how to respond to certain questions, different questions that may arise. Would you enlist in that? You say, Pastor, I haven't been much of a soul winner. I haven't gone much out the door to door, but I want to do that. Would you sign up tonight? Would you say, yeah, okay, God, I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to get out my, outside my comfort zone. I'm going to sign up for that. Maybe you're a seasoned soul winner. You say, you know what? I know that that's what God would burden me to do. Be part of that group, and I want to go out and follow up on some of these visits. Would you do that? Would you be willing to enlist? 
The next one is vitally important as each one is. This is the training troop. This is the group that's going to conduct discipleship meetings with new converts in their homes or here at the church to ground them. Now, we're taking a little bit of a change here, and don't, don't miss it. Please understand the thought behind it and the, the, uh, the thinking and the burden behind it. We are finding out that some who maybe put their faith and trust at a wild game dinner, a vacation Bible school, a family fun fair, are still a little bit hesitant to come out to church. Uh, they, they maybe had bad experiences or whatever the case may be, they won't come out. So what we're trying to do is not only seeing them saved, but even taking discipleship into their homes scheduling with them a night to come out. We're kind of set aside Monday night and Thursday night. Certainly we can do it any night. We'll still do it on Wednesday nights as we do here sometimes at the church. That's open. But we want to start not just to leave someone saved, but to see them grow. We've already started this in some test cases. Brother Mark Quick and Brother Ron have already done it with some from our family fun fair. And, and it, it can be as simple as 10, 15 minutes a meeting, just helping them to grow in their knowledge and understanding of this new life in Christ. Because here's the reality. My friend, how much baggage do some people have from the old life? Whew. Some people are pulling U-Hauls behind them, aren't they? How long does it take to unpack a U-Haul? Now listen to me. Part of the discipleship and the growth is learning that that stuff belongs to the old life, and I've got to learn what belongs to the new life. That's growth. And that takes time. And so we want to meet people where they are in that sense, obviously with the ultimate goal. As that discipleship progresses, we get them in church, and they're growing through Sunday school and the preaching of God's Word, and they're, they're then obviously become vital members of the Fostoria Baptist Church. But we need people who are willing to say, you know what, I can disciple. We've uh, designated several different, and I, I think this is crucial, we have designated several different uh, material curriculum that we'll use for this. So, uh, and, and many times this can be weak. Weekly meetings, uh, this can be bi-weekly meetings, monthly discipleship with new conference. The length and the extent of the discipleship meetings will be determined on an individual basis. So by the training troop and saying, you know what, I think these people could only handle 15 minutes. You know, these people are ready to really study God's Word. We're going to be there an hour. We're going to go at it. We'll have different curriculum. We, we might say it's customized in a sense uh, for where believers are. Our goal here is to transform what? A convert into a disciple. Someone who follows Jesus Christ. Someone who's grounded and rooted in the Word of God. And boy, that is so crucial. Again, we don't want just saved people. We want followers of Jesus Christ. And as we progress through the process, the training troop members then will recommend these people to me as candidates for membership. I'll sit down as I often do. I'll interview them. We'll talk with them. We'll make sure they have a good understanding. They're rooted and grounded in that before, they be, be, before I bring them before you as a church family to vote them in for membership. And then we want to get started in Sunday school, a new members class, a rotating new members class where new members come in and, and then for like eight weeks, six weeks, four weeks, whatever it may be, they're just kind of helped adjust to what church is and being part of the church family. I think that's crucial and important. So we have a lot to put into place and a lot of things to get going, but that is the plan to just to further equip them and help them with that adjustment. Enlist, will you? Hey, listen, number one, equip, okay? Equip. Let's make sure that we have what we need to do the role, uh, the job, the responsibility that called. Then enlist, and then experience got shut onto another line. Anyway, experience. That wasn't how I designed it. Okay, experience. You say, what is that? Enlist or equip, enlist, and experience. Now listen to me. Listen to me very carefully. 
There is nothing like firsthand knowledge in experiencing something for yourself. You know what my prayer for you tonight is? I say, Pastor Henry, I, 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 I've never really gotten involved with visitation. Truth be told, I barely handed out a track at the most. I may have left it somewhere for somebody to pick up, and that's about it. I, I haven't done much. Can I tell you? When you experience God using you in one way or the other to see a soul saved, there's nothing like it. Whether you're the one that plants, whether you're the one that prays, whether you're the one that waters, whether you're the one that trains after they're saved and to to see a young baby Christian grow in the Lord, I'm telling you, friend, there is nothing like it. I want you to experience it. I want us as a church to share in the experience. I want us to enjoy it together. I want you to personally experience the fulfillment of our vision. I want you to be equipped, enlist, and experience the joy of serving the captain of our faith. I want you to pray about it. I hope you already have. I want you to commit to spending now a year and three months in one group. And then when we come to the end of 2020, I want you to think about joining another group. Or maybe you're going to be in two different groups. You say, as the need arises, I'm going to serve in this way, in this capacity, and so forth. I want you to commit, invest, sacrifice, and experience God's working in our church. One of the ways we're going to do this is we're going to restart on Thursday night, Thursday night visitation at 630. You say, I can't make Saturday morning, I can't make Thursday morning. Well, you come out Thursday night, 630. We'll have a group here that will go out. Different groups will be meeting and going out, different parts of it. If you can come out, great. That will at least be dirt until the, the, uh, the time changes. Amen? And uh, we'll try that and get that going. Hey, we just want to give you opportunities to go out. And there will certainly be other days that you can do that. But can I encourage you this? These groups will be operating seven days a week, not limited to Thursday morning, Thursday night, or Saturday morning, or in their different endeavors they'll be working. When it's convenient, when they are able and have free time to do so, yes, it requires sacrifice and investment. But come be part of the team. Would you be willing to be equipped? Would you enlist? Would you have a burden to experience it? To be part of God doing something in our midst through us for His glory. We mentioned it, and I mentioned it a moment ago. We will have a bulletin board out here in the foyer kind of track our progress. It is not for you and I to take glory in. What it is is a visual reminder that God is at work. And God wants to use you and me. He wants to use every member of Fostoria Baptist Church to achieve his work. So you say, Pastor Henry, again, what's your prayer for each one of us, for us as members tonight? What is the thing that that you would want us, that the Holy Spirit wants us to commit to tonight? Compassionate commitment to the Great Commission. Compassionate commitment to the Great Commission. Listen to me. Okay. <laughs> Forgive me, okay? I am not a visionary, all right? I am a, I am a plotter, steady eddy. I'm organized. I'm, a, I'm an administrator type, gifted, that kind of thing, and so forth. That's me, okay? I'm not a big visionary. But can I tell you this? I'm so excited because there's some here in our church that have already bought into the vision. I've had people come up and tell me, you go, you know what? I'm praying for 2020 just for me. That I would see 20 souls saved, 20 people discipled, 20 people out of church. You know what I say to that? Amen. You know what I think would be cool? You and I come to September of 2020, and we have to say, you know what? This year has gone so well, I think we need to add a zero to each of those 20s. 200, 200, 200. Pastor Henry, you're crazy. That may be, but our God could do that, couldn't he? 
He could. If every single member of Fostoria Baptist Church had a compassionate commitment to the Great Commission, I think he could do it. I know he could do it. I know he could work for you and I to radically change the communities around us. Yay. You know what I have found out? As I yield greater, as I submit more to God, not only does he change others through me, but he changes me. See, a vision like this will not only change our community, but it could change our church. It could help us to reprioritize things, get things back on track in our own lives. But you know what it'll take? It'll take you and I committing to equipping, enlisting, and experiencing. And then living every day with a compassionate commitment to the Great Commission. Would you do that? Would you say tonight, as we head in this invitation, it'll be a unique invitation in some ways. Would you say, okay, God, I'm ready. I'm going to enlist. In fact, I'm praying right now, and before I walk out of this building or out of this auditorium, Lord, I I want you to show me where I'm to sign up. There's a table out here, and I encourage you to stop by and sign up. So I'm going to be a part of that. In the weeks to come, we'll have organizational meetings of those groups. We'll get the ball rolling on different ways and different things. And would you just commit to that? Would you say, you know what? I'm going to equip myself. I'm going to study God's Word so I can do my job well. I'm going to enlist, and I'm looking forward to experiencing what God's going to do. And yet, would your prayer this evening simply be this? God, help me to have a compassionate commitment to the Great Commission. May you pray one for another that He would do that that we together would see God do great things here around the communities of Faustoria. Father, I thank you so very much for tonight. I thank you for the vision you've given us as a church. And Lord, I pray that in our hearts and our minds, we would commit to it. Lord, we use in our terminology that we would buy into it. Father, I pray that we get behind it. We'd support the vision that you have for us, the calling that you've placed upon us. Lord, I pray that you'd convict us even in this moment, this invitation, where we have lacked compassion in the past for souls. We've lacked a burden for those around us in our community, our coworkers, our family members. Father, I pray that you would guide and direct us through your Holy Spirit to equip ourselves to do great things. Lord, build inside of this church, your people, an excitement for serving you. May we look forward and get excited and pray much for what you're going to do. And Father, may we not miss out. May we enlist. Lord, help us tonight. I pray that you might work as only you can. These next few moments.